Blog Talk Radio. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by space in a lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best you listen to Reason, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire his lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture, people So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline To discuss why we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if there's collisions, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance When Father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have extended family in all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates the rainbow This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982 Man, 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 sometimes the damn blog talk audio don't want to act up, man. I had the damn Jason song going. It's not blog talk audio. I'm telling you, man. Anyway, we're up in this motor scooter, man. So say we all Friday, M and Evil back on the air. So how you been doing, Em? I'm doing good. How are you, Mario? I'm making it, I'm making it, I'm making it. Yes. Um, now, yeah, this is what uh, I wanted to do since like the beginning of the year, isn't it? <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I think this is going to be I think gonna be another fun one, you know, another lighthearted romp through uh, uh, pop culture and horror, sci-fi and all that, just have a good time, get gay old time talking about it, you know. Um, and I guess next month we'll start getting back to the more heavier subjects, but we just wanted to kick it and have a little little bit of fun this month. Yay. Um, yeah, I've been enjoying it. If you if you guys missed our show last week on um favorite horror movies, you really should check that out. I'm gonna try to find that link and put it in the chat box because we had a really, really fun time with that show and I'm just mad at myself because there were so many other um there's so many other films that were on my list that we didn't we ended up not having time to discuss. Yeah, man, because, you know, I, I totally forgot that I put the thumbnail for um, uh, the, the, the Killer Clowns for Outer Space on the show, and mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to talk about that bad shit movie. 
Yeah, I, I forgot it. about Midnight Me Train. Um, I forgot about The Unborn. There were quite a few that on my list oh, the that didn't get spoken up, and quite a few that I forgot to put on the list in the first place. Yeah, The Unborn, I forgot about that. That's about the evil baby and shit, right? Yeah, she's trying to claim her her through her unborn child. It's all very convoluted. Um, and uh, there yeah. was a remake of it. I believe it was a remake of the unborn in 2010. If I'm 2009 or 2010, if I'm correct. Um, but yeah, tonight's episode we'll be talking about our favorite sci-fi and horror television shows. So this is going to be really, really fun. And if any of you are interested in that sort of television genre, please give us a call and chime in with your favorites because it's very possible that they missed our list, even if they are awesome. You're damn right. You're damn right. You know, I'm going to let you lead it off, though. What's your, what's, what's your first one? My first? Oh, i got to bring it back to my childhood on this one. My The first on my list is Goosebumps. The television series. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. By R. L. Stein. Um, any '90s kid, if you didn't read the Goosebumps, you weren't living right. I don't know what you were doing with your time. But your parents weren't raising you right. Your 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 school library was a piece of crap. If you did not read the Goosebumps and the Fear Street series. Now Fear Street was a little bit fringe. It was um like geared toward teens. And it never became a television show, but Goosebumps did become a television show, and it was awesome. Each episode was about something different. So you never really had to follow the show closely like you did with most dramas, sitcoms, or soap operas because it's different characters in a different scenario every show. Basically, something weird and science-y happens, and, and that something is usually also very evil and insidious, and it happens to a child. And that child usually has a hard time getting anyone else, especially the adults around them, to do anything about it. And um, they end up resolving it on their own. The show made me terrified of so many household objects. One episode had me terrified of mirrors. Um, it, was just, it, was, it was scary at the time, but now looking back, it was more hilarious than anything else. Yeah, I think I remember watching that. I, I think it was pretty cool. It was pretty uh, cool show because it kind of reminded me of uh, Erie, Indiana. Erie, Indiana. That's a, that actually, that show actually um, was on my list too. They're pretty much the same show except Erie, Indiana yeah. centers around one kid in one town. Um, yeah. But Erie, Indiana was creepy as hell and everybody living there besides this kid and his family were like Stepford people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, man, that was you know I I read those books. There were man. Was, shows was, like that. Remember, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That was on Nickelodeon. That was that was in a similar yeah. vein to Goosebumps as well. Um, there yeah. were quite a few, um, um, you know, shows meant to scare the living daylights out of preteens. Yeah, yeah, it got you know like uh uh da 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 like um uh, uh, uh Tales from the Crib for 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 with youngsters or something like that. Yeah, you know, I, I got into a lot. I got into some of it. You know, I watched a few of them. I didn't watch all of them. Yeah, um, Tales from the Crypt was funny to me. Um, I didn't think it was scary. I don't know anyone who did think it was scary, um, but it was a really cool show. It was really well written. Um, I think there were, you know, growing up in the 90s, there were some really, really great sci-fi um, shows for for kids. They really, really were. Um, 
There was one, and I still I can't find the show for the life of me. I've been trying literally, I on and off. I think I've tried to Google the show for about two hours today. Still can't find the name of it. But the show was filmed in Australia, and it was about three kids, a daughter and two sons, and their father, who's a widower, that live in this lighthouse where crazy supernatural stuff just keeps happening to them. And I cannot find the show, but it was on for one season, like sometime between the time I was 10 and 12, and it did show in the States, and I did watch it on um, the WB, which is what the CW used to be. And... It was on after school for kids, and I cannot find the show now. It's like the show never existed, which is the really creepy part of all of this. But if anyone knows yeah, that I... show about three kids living in a lighthouse, please call before I go crazy. Thank you. It seemed like it's right on to my tongue, too, but I can't, I can't pull it up. You know what I'm talking about? What else? You know what I'm talking about? I think I do. I think I do, but it, I can't bring it up. Is like right there, and I can't bring it up, and whatnot. Yeah, I feel like Man. the title is something so obvious, but it can't, it won't come to me. Um, what's the first show on your list? Hmm. Oh, all right, all right. We're going old school. We're going old school, okay? Twofer because they used to come on at the same right after each other, but it was monsters and tales from the dark side. Mm-hmm. And these were, you know, also in the vein of uh, Tales from the Crypt. And I guess we'll talk more extensively about Tales from the Crypt later. But this was kind of in the same vein, just, you know, every every show was a different little story or whatever. And, it's, I mean, as a kid, it scared, scared the crap out of me, you know, uh, especially the music for Tales from the Dark Side, man. I mean, that, that mess used to get me good as a kid, you know. And, um... They had some some really uh, some really creepy little little um, vignettes. They even made a movie out of it. I think it's the one in which uh, it starts off with uh, what, was, uh, what was the dude from uh, um, Ghostbusters uh, played Ray. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, it's right. That's shit. If I hadn't even started talking about it, I would remember the. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's been in a lot of stuff. And everything, but um, and he turns into like a monster and rips his friend apart right right there in the in the in the um in the car. Um, and monsters, you know, had a lot of little creature effects. And, you know, it was, this was before practical. I mean, pra- before practical kind of ran its ran its course and stuff. So you had these, you know, monsters that you know all this latex and plastic and stuff like that, and it just would just scare the crap out of me because it, you know the imagination of a child can run rampant. And so here I am freaking out because it's like, oh my God, they're monsters, you know. It's, and um, you know, what I'm saying, but uh, yeah, it's you know, I would think that it wouldn't be too hard to find though, you know, because it's it's like, I think you can buy the uh, buy them on Amazon or whatever. But man, where they, it was a few good stories in there. Um, some of them just man, just. I mean, really, like, uh, oh, yeah, 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 I found it. All right, this is the music right here, if you can dig it. All right, let me see.
<laughs> this theme music is so extra. Yeah. <laughs> this theme music is so, yeah. so, so extra. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, it's, 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 it's like a lot of stuff when I was a kid, which I was scared shitless of it when I was a kid, but then I, as I, when I go back and re, uh, revisit it, it's like, why the hell was I afraid of that? It, it's so lame, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. let's see. Dan Aykroyd, yeah. Dan Aykroyd? Okay. Yeah, yeah I was thinking Dan Aykroyd, but he's the only actor I know from Ghostbusters. I don't want to speak, you know, speak the obvious. Um, <laughs> let's see. The first one on my list is, I mean, the second one on my list is the classic Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, are you a weed tonight? I watched this as a teenager then you better have them moving outside of the country or something. Everybody watched at least a few episodes of this of this television show if you were alive to 98. He just did. But he was excellent because, like, all of Josh, Josh Eden's shows, it um, featured a very strong um, female protagonist. It's based off the really cheesy 80s film, Buffy the Vampire series from Christy Swanson, however... Um, this Buffy wasn't stupid. She wasn't weak. She wasn't waiting on a man to save her. And she she did most of the saving like, the great majority of the time. Um, what was great about the show is that it took what the bare bones in the movie and made it something huge. You know, we had vampires. We had werewolves. Um, we had witches, we had all manner of supernatural heroes and villains on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, we had, we pretty much had everything you can think of, like a, a, a hodgepodge of um, mythological creatures and, and scientific gadgets were just thrown together on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, it really is one of the shows that encapsulated that an era. I think it's just which is a phenomenal show. I do wish I had ended one season before it did because things that occurred that last season were just a hot mess. But <laughs> it was a great show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I, I um I had uh, watched it a bit, you know. I caught um I caught probably toward the last few seasons and whatnot. Uh, my homeboy had a had a real big crush on that one chick who showed up on the show for a few episodes. Her name was Bianca something. Bianca Lawson or something like that, the light, pretty light skinned chick, and he had a real big thing. Bianca Lawson, yeah, I remember her. She was she was actually in her um thirties when she played Kendra, the Vampire Slayer, oh, on that shit. show, and she's in her forties now. Yeah, she still looks. She like the other day there's a show on television now, Pretty Little Liars. She was in the first couple of seasons playing a seventeen year old, and she's like forty. Lord have mercy. Talk about good genes, man. Right? <laughs> Bianca Lawson is still, like, she's been playing a teenager since Save the Last Dance. And she had, she wasn't a teenager then either. <laughs> yeah, man. 
Yeah, huh. she, she's got excellent genes. She takes excellent care of herself, too. Um, it shows. So, you know, kudos to her. If, we're, if we must see the same black girl in everything, let it be her. Yeah, she's like 39 years old. Um, so, yeah, I think um, Buffy was the last time she was a teenager, and she was 19 when she started playing Kendra. She's still playing 17 and 16 years on television now. Um, her newest role, um, which is in one of my other favorite shows, Teen Wolf, she actually finally playing in the dark. <laughs> Lord, man. I mean, they try to bring back everything, man. I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to try to make a show out of everything. Oh, oh I mean, this Teen Wolf show is awesome because I personally oh, really? Teen Wolf the movies with the show. I really didn't want to like the show, but the show got under my skin. It's like a virus. I can't rid myself of it. <laughs> I love it so much, and it's actually the only show worth watching on MTV since Daria got canceled. Oh, yeah, I just love Daria. We, that's a whole other tangent right there, but I just love it. I know, that I know. I wish we could discuss it, but it's not in the genre. So tell me what's the next show on your list. I uh, dig it. Um, old school, old school, old school. To, uh, the Twilight Zone. And um, I didn't catch every single episode. I, you know, I caught a few, and then I started rewatching on um, um, Netflix. But man, was that a good show, man? I mean, that, I mean, you had the the, the, the creepy music, man. Uh, um, um, you had the, uh, um, the the announcer Rod Serling, whose voice was kind of, kind of like, uh, you know, just like this is really serious, but also fantastic. Just pay attention. Some shit about to go down, and I just really, really, uh, uh, I really kind of gravitate, especially like when you have uh, shows like the ones with everybody's ugly, and uh, um, you know you got everybody's ugly, and then you got the, the one pretty person, and so mm-hmm. to the ugly people, the pretty person is the one who's abnormal. You know, and um, I really thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I thought it was pretty cool how they did that. You know, I listen, even listened to some of the audio productions. And in the audio productions, you know, you have uh, uh, is uh, narrated by Stacey Keach, full cast audio productions. And um, you have something like this woman that's driving down the road, and um, she keeps running into this guy. And keeps running mm-hmm. this guy. She's freaking out, going through this whole thing. You get through the whole show and realize this chick is already dead. She doesn't realize it, and that dude has come collect, come to collect her soul. You know, I mean, um, I think it was one of those old school shows that also kind of um, pushed a few social boundaries and stuff like that, and kind of pressed a few buttons. But when you're doing it with fantasy and imagination. People don't really trip that mm-hmm. much. There's not too much you can say in the 1960s where, you know, it's like, yeah, nigga, go drink from that water fountain over there, you know? Yeah. So, um, And then they also made a movie out of it, which was very good. The segment that really caught me was a guy who was, he was racist and everything like that, and he ended up somehow stuck in some type of dimension where he was going through periods of history where, you know, that people, you know, uh, uh, were oppressed and or harmed and um, and whatnot, culminating with him ending up on a uh, boxcar to uh, uh, Auschwitz or some uh, um, concentration camp. And, um, and Rod Serling, I think Rod Serling either wrote or had, he had something to do with Planet of the Apes. 
So um, mm-hmm. the original Planet of the Apes. So I mean, it was it's a well done show. Catch it on Netflix now. Awesome. Well, if you're gonna go old, I'm gonna go a little bit old too. Um, the next show, on, the next show on my list is The Outer Limits. Um, if you oh, yeah. not, I didn't, I didn't watch the original um 1963 TV series, but I'm talking about The Outer Limits that ran from 1995 to 2002. Wow, just wow. The show was beyond terrifying to me. Um, you know, at that age, what, how old was I? So, the show ran from between the time I was ten to the time I was seventeen, and it was really frightening to me because I was still in that mindset, and I guess a part of me still is, where I see things like that and see and, and can kind of hatch a, a scenario in my mind where such a thing could come to fruition scared me so badly. Like half the show, half of the the episodes of The Outer Limits were people being taken over by aliens still being able to pass, um, things like that. And it terrified mm-hmm. me. It, ter- it It was just so, like, mind-boggling to me. And I was addicted to The Outer Limits. I watched every single episode of The Outer, Outer Limits um, that came on. Once I started watching the show, it was a wrap. I just had to... I, I just had to keep watching. It was like looking at a horrible train wreck, not being able to look away. Not that the show was a train wreck. It was a really well-written <laughs> show. But it's like I know the show terrifies me, but I, I keep watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I caught, I caught a little bit of that too. Yeah, was, Wasn't there some type of little odd little spinoff of that that had, uh, I think it had George Clinton or something on it? I don't I don't remember any spinoffs. I'm really bad about spinoffs. Um, mm. Even the ones that I'm aware of, I try not to watch them because I don't want, like, my perception of the character to be tainted. I think my, what I've noticed in spinoffs, especially sci-fi shows, is that they're just trying way too hard to live mm. up to the, the legendary status of whatever show yeah. we're spawned from. It's like take it one step at a time, baby steps. You're not Angel, Buffy. Um, you're not Battlestar Galactica, Caprica. Just calm the hell down. Take a seat. <laughs> and there's something, something to be said about that because, you know, I think a lot of, especially when they try to remake the movies and stuff, you know, the camp, the corniness was built into the movie or the show. You can't recapture mm-hmm. that. You can't recap Like, you try to redo Conan, Arnold, Arnold's bad dialogue and his accent and his acting made that a good movie. You can't just redo that with somebody else and expect magic to strike, strike twice. I know that's another genre. Are but, you talking you know, about, um, um, what are you talking about? Which movie are you talking about? Uh, Conan. Oh, and, gotcha. um Yeah, yeah, like, you, you know, I, I see them try to do that a lot of times, you know, when they try to reboot something, especially when they try to redo horror. And horror being, horror being one of those uh, uh, types of uh, genres that, a lot of movies do could use a remake, but you got to understand you're not going to recapture that camp and corniness that was in there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've changed now. Mhm. Um, I mean, there's some reboots that are okay. Like the the the, the most recent one that comes to mind is the remake of Planet of the Apes with um, James Franco and Frida Pinto. That was actually oh. quite good. 
Yeah, I yeah, was like, yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah. terribly surprised at how good that was. I went in yeah. thinking this is gonna blow. Like, I, and then halfway through the movie, I'm in my seat, like trying to hide my tears. I'm so moved by the whole thing. <laughs> right, 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 um, right. Andy Serkis worked underneath a virtual um, image, man, and totally sold me on that. Much better than that Mark Wahlberg bullshit when he's going. <laughs> that the was whole terrible. Movie. That, let's pretend that never happened. How about that? <laughs> it never existed. We'll never speak of it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Now, I'm going to include this because it's kind of sci-fi, maybe. It's still kind of pop culturist. And since you have an undead ninja, it still counts as horror. Mm-hmm. There was a little show that ran for only a year. And it was a spinoff of the Mortal Kombat games. Now it's very it's, it's very obscure. It only ran on TBS or TNT for one year, but it was called Mortal Kombat Conquest. And um, it starred um, this dude. It was centered around Kung Lao after winning Mortal Kombat and him trying to train new fighters, which didn't work because they always got killed. And um, you also had uh, the chick that played uh, um, the Terminatrix in um, Terminator 3. And, um, yeah, some other dude um, playing Raiden. Um, and uh looks nothing like uh, the other guy. You know, it's, it's a surprising amount of white people in this um, Asian area, but, you know, you got to look at, you know. And so, um, and you also has um, him dealing with Shao Kahn and uh, uh, Shang Tsung who's actually Asian, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, got, it's pretty cool. Pretty, it was pretty cool. I, I, I'm going to tell you why that show failed. Are you ready to hear why that show failed? Wow. Are you ready? <laughs> the Mortal Kombat <laughs> movies. The Mortal yeah. Kombat movies are why the television show failed. The movies were so unbelievably atrocious, like my mind is still spinning just thinking about it. You cannot take a video game like Mortal Kombat and try to make it into a movie for – um, three teams to consume. That should have had an all rating and it should have been done correctly. You know what? And I ate up part one. I ate up part one because I was I was so in love with all that. But then part two came along and it's like, what the hell are they doing? And it's like, first of all, the, the, the Mortal Kombat mythos doesn't make any sense at all anyway. All right. So you're going to try to stretch that into two movies. It's not going to work at all. Not, nope. Nothing. And then you got this. You know, okay, we like uh, uh, Christopher Lambert. What the fuck was James Remar? I mean, I guess James Remar didn't need a paycheck. You know, I, this is going into a movie rant, but, you know, sometimes when I come across a movie like that and it's like I just lose my mind and start going, cra- going crazy with it, you know what I'm saying? Like an uh, old dude that was playing um, Shao Kahn. Let me, let me stop talking. Let me stop talking before I lose my damn <laughs> Okay, anyway, the show. The next show. one on my list. Um, <laughs> um, wait, let's see. The next one on my list um, for television shows is Highlander. Um, oh, with, yeah. With, with, with Duncan McCloud, not Conan McCloud, the hot McCloud, Duncan. Oh, Y'all yeah. know what I'm talking about. All the down the line. Don't pretend like you didn't have a serious crush on Duncan McCloud. <laughs> he was immortal. There can be only one. Right? Look, okay, honestly, between you and me and everyone else who's listening right now, I so wanted to be an immortal. 
I really, really wanted to be. Like, I wanted to be, I wanted to be the one that flies on the radar and they can kill each other, and then I'm the last one standing. I really wanted to live forever and be gorgeous and learn several languages and have, you know, globe track like Duncan McCloud. I wanted, I wanted to be the female of Duncan McCloud. That show was so awesome. Um, I really wish the show had lasted a little bit longer, but, you know, it is what it is. And it's, an, it's another one of those shows. This is a show that encapsulated an era. If you think of the early 90s, really great TV shows that were on in the early 90s, Highlander is definitely on the list. Um, to understand the way their universe works, it's necessary to watch the movie, but that's pretty much the only thing that you would need to watch the movie for. And you can you can get caught up to speed just watching a television show, um, you know, I mean, Duncan McCall was just so badass. Like, he was like the perfect specimen of a man besides the fact that as an immortal, since he's not the last one standing, he can't have kids. Because that was some silly rule that you have to be the last one standing in order to be able to have children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it never explained how there were immortals. They're just, they're immortal and cut off the head and get a exactly. tower. Exactly. Yeah, Which, it's, you know, it's having randomly. Um, which is kind of weird because I'm the whole time I'm thinking like, um, maybe I'm one of those random people. <laughs> you know, could I please be one of those <laughs> random people? But it's like, how would you find that out anyway? Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. How would you learn that you were immortal? And I would yeah. have to learn early in order to still be young and hot. Because if you if you if you if you know meet death, whatever age you meet death the first time, that's the age you're going to look forever. See, I, I didn't want to be Sean Connery's age, the age that he was in the movie. I wanted to be Bent of the Cloud's age. I want to figure this out when I'm like 25. <laughs> Speaking of which, this is an amazingly humorous thing that in the movie, part two, or in the movies, one and two, you have Christopher Lambert, who I think is French, playing a Scottish Highlander. You got Sean Connery, who is Scottish, playing a Spanish Highlander. I mean, immortal. You know, I'm so glad somebody else said it. I always thought that was hilarious, and I thought that Sean Connery's Spanish accent was so, so ungenuine. I'm like, I, like he's not fooling anybody. His Scottish brogue is so thick; you can hear it through everything. Yeah. Like stop lying to yourselves. Yeah, I know why you didn't yeah. have Sean Connery because he's too old for the role. But please. Please do us all a favor and stop pretending that he is Spanish. <laughs> all right, so what is the next show on your list? Let me see. There's some things because um, I got there's so many. Um, okay, now this might get into a long conversation, you know, but uh, I guess. You know, it, it got to mention it though. It's a Walking Dead. Because mm. now I love, I, I lo- I've, I've liked the show since part one. I love the drama and the drama, especially the creature effects. These people, these are people who watched Screaming Mad George and and um, Tom Savini when it came to um, creature effects because it's very, very graphic and detailed and whatnot for the zombies and whatnot. The story, sometimes the story gets a bit stupid, especially when you consider the fact that they're living in Atlanta 
and only run into one or two black people at a time who normally do right? not make it. That's always messed with my mind. Like, <laughs> if the show took place in Miami, you better believe I'd be running into Latinos all day long. Don't tell me <laughs> that you're in Atlanta and I've met, like, two black people in, like, five years. Really, I, it's, it's, this is really messed up. There aren't even any zombies. This is a zombie based yeah. on white too. And here's my thing. This is just how I feel about it. I think that anyone who isn't a trained marksman like Daryl or a professional athlete is going to get home. So I should be seeing a lot more zombies, white and black. And if we have a group that large of people, there are more people from the court group should have died by now. I mean, I feel sad about it, but more of you should be dead. I'm just saying. <laughs> exactly, and it's like I like the convention of how there is not a virus, is not a supernatural thing, it's not really fully explained, but apparently, whatever is causing zombieism is already in everybody, and when they die, no matter how they die, that's when they activate and they come back as zombies. You know, especially I'm not going to talk about the recent episodes too much, but that was part of a thing that caused a big problem in the last episodes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to spoil anything. But I'm just saying this: if there is a zombie apocalypse, right? Zombies mm-hmm. rising from the dead, and I, and a very rotund gentleman, are trying to escape. I'm shooting that some bitch in the leg. Let them deal with him, so I can escape. Okay. I know it's not honorable, but it's a zombie <laughs> apocalypse. That nice guy shit is not going to get you anywhere. Dude, didn't, didn't What's-His-Face do that like two seasons ago? Rick's best friend? Yeah. He shot the fat guy next to him in the leg so he could run and get away. It, it was a right. really fucked up thing to do. It genuinely was, but they were both about to die. What messed with my mind was how he tried to pretend later that he didn't do it. Like, um, that's what bothered me, because it was so, that's when the trust in the group started, started to disintegrate. And in that sort of situation, we're talking about a large group of people, it's very necessary to be honest and foster a sense of trust amongst the people, because the last thing you need during a zombie apocalypse is paranoia about the people who you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, especially, you know, I, you know, the thing I didn't like about the show, and as much as it does so much that I do like, but the things that I don't like, they bother me because they stand out as things that, as well as this show, show is doing, it's, they, somebody should have wrote this part a little bit better. Like, you got Rick, who was apparently unconscious for near a month, okay, maybe a month, give or take a few weeks, all right, mm-hmm. and he's married to Lori. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, between he was unconscious and woke up, she don't already did shame enough to the point where she might be pregnant by one of these guys. I'm not going to reveal. Okay, who, Rick was out for more than a, Rick was out for quite a while. Um, so it could have been yeah. yeah, probably wasn't much. Here's the thing, though: Lori didn't leave behind a husband that she thought was sick or dying. She left behind a husband who she thought was dead. Shane told her that her husband was dead in order to get her and Carl to leave because that's the only way that she would leave and he wanted to protect her and Carl. As far as she was concerned, she was the widow. There really isn't any like PC amount of time that tells a widow or widower when it's a good time for them to start sleeping with somebody else. This isn't a breakup or a divorce. Like They 
She thinks her husband is dead. She is in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. She's trying to keep her son alive. She's under a great deal of stress. And you know what's great for stress relief? Orgasms. Okay, now I get, now I get that. I get that. But my, my trip part about is you got a- Angie over here pretty much give wrapping her ass on a silver platter chain, and he's going ape shit over, over Lori it, to the point where something happens that is part of a good plot thread and everything like that. And so, and it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, the, you know, the, the character developments and stuff like that, they kind of drop the ball a little bit when it comes to some of these aspects, you know, particularly, you know, um, when it comes to women and minorities. But, you know, I'm a fantasy lover. I'm a sci-fi lover. I'm a horror lover. I, I've watched Freddy Krueger do some outrageous shit, and we give him a pass on it. So that's why I'm not too hard on The Walking Dead. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, um, the way it is basically with Shane, it's different. I mean, how long does it take a guy to start catching feelings? It's not as if, you know, she's some woman that he's ever known before. He's known her for years. Yes, he's known her in the context of Rick's wife, but now he knows her as some woman who he's trying to protect, who he has an intimate relationship with. And it's not as if when they break up, he can go out and meet someone new or go to Match.com right now, you know? Like in the zombie apocalypse, you can to whoever you've got because you can't get anybody else easily. Um, I mean, really think about it. Yeah, Andrew. And by the way, you know, you, I don't know if you really want to be kissing on somebody who probably hasn't brushed their teeth in about two, three months and stuff, you know, it would seem, I mean, well, I guess, you know, you get the funking so bad because you haven't showered in, like, half a year that it doesn't really matter. Y'all are snacking, so you don't even notice it anymore. <laughs> but, you know, don't don't worry, though. You still have the ability to do your hair and keep your, five, your, your hair nice 5 o'clock shadow and out loud and stuff like that. You know, you know I, was, I was wondering about that. Um, the black woman that was on the first <laughs> season, her hair looked like she had a fresh relaxer on every episode. That's perfect, but whatever, but whatever, I'm not, we're not going to discuss that anymore. Um, Let's see, let's see. The next show on my list is a show that only ran two series, sadly, on sci-fi, and that is Alphas. Alphas was an incredible series. Um, I loved it. Um, basically, you have people with superpowers, but the, their supernatural abilities are done in a very natural way, if that makes any sense. You know, you have the guy with, with who pretty much he gets angry, he gets on that Hulk stress. But it's also something where every time he gets angry, he also taxes his heart. Because being that angry and having that much adrenaline to be so strong, when your body, does, your body size isn't changing, that is taxing on the heart. It would be. Um, you have the guy who's good at finding things and putting pieces together, but he's autistic. Um, you have the girl that has a very strong sense of smell. And she can, she, can, she, she can try to take the focus off of it, but it never really goes away. So when she's close to people, she smells things that she doesn't want to smell. She smells when they're on their menstrual cycle. She smells if they haven't washed behind their ears. Their perfume could be enough to tranquilize her. Like, it's, it's, it, it can be used as a weapon against her. So like I said, they have supernatural powers, but the power showcases themselves in very natural ways. Um, the guy with the perfect hand-eye coordination also happens to be an athlete because what else are you going to do if you have perfect hand-eye coordination? Even before he knew that what he had was an extraordinary ability, you learn as a young kid playing ball, hey, I can do this, let me try to do this for a living, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Alphas was great because you had the one guy, um, 
the professor who was always trying to get them to reveal themselves. He was kind of like the Professor X, except he was perfectly human. He didn't have um, these mutated genes like they did. And, of course, as could be expected in society, people who knew about them were either afraid of them or curious about them and ready to exploit them. So that was, was that, a great was, show. Was that before or after uh, Heroes? That was after Heroes. Um, oh, and that okay. was on Sci-Fi. Like I said, Heroes was on NBC. Yeah, okay. Heroes is a great show as well. That's on my list. And, you know, I might as well throw it in now that we're talking about Alphas because it's pretty much you the same ahead. type of show, except Heroes had a much, much more diverse list of characters. There were, there were very few main characters on Heroes. Our main characters, if, we had a, if I had to choose a main character, it would be the main villain, Gabriel, a.k.a. Siler. Um, but we had a very wide range of of heroes and villains on the show Heroes. And I, I really wish it had ended the way it ended and as quickly as it ended. Um, I think that show had a great potential if they had just eliminated um, the character of Claire, who was supposed to have remained ageless. Obviously, Hayden Panettiere, the person, would age. Um, but if they found some way to get rid of her character, I think there could have been so much more potential for all the other characters on the show. I think it was an amazing show. Office was also a really great show, but like I said, it concentrated around the core group of about, what was it, five people. And it ended too mm-hmm. soon. That's all I can say about that. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, lot of the shows that I like, man, it seems like they just don't, they don't stick around very long, like uh, my next mm-hmm. show. No, no, no. I just wanted to know the next show on your list. Oh, okay. Um, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which... Uh, um, I think this. I think this takes place. I want to say it takes place after Terminator Three, and um, from what I read, it was supposed to take place in an in an in a in an alternate universe, so it didn't mess up the uh, Terminator mythos, which Christian Bale himself messed up because his ego got in the way. But that's another story, and um, it basically centered around you know you got uh, John Connery Connor. Who is kind of a punk in this 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 show? But you know, you got Lena Hetty, Queen Cersei, Game of Game of Thrones forever, baby, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you, um, you also got you know, you got Summer Glau, who um, is from uh, the Firefly and Serenity. I think she's on Dollhouse too, which I don't know. I didn't watch Dollhouse. I, sh- I hate myself for that. But um, um, it basically takes place between those two, the Terminator 3 and Terminator 4, you know, and um, you have them trying to stay hidden while at the same time discovering how Skynet is slowly building itself up, the company machinations that are creating uh, um, um, Skynet. Um, Skynet has already sent back sleeper cells back into the past. It's already helping itself uh, become more established and whatnot. And um, you got you, know, you got the occasional Terminator appearing out of nowhere to uh, to kill him. And uh, Summer Glau herself is a Terminator, which I know what you're saying. Right? How does a 98-pound, 5-foot-1 female protect anybody? But you forget one thing is that she's a Terminator, which makes her an android, which makes her much stronger than anybody around her, so therefore it works a lot better. All right? And it's, you know, it's kind of interesting seeing someone as cute, small and cute as Summer Glau throw 300-pound men. I and so you, it, it's really it's, it's really interesting, you know. And Lena Hetty, um, she 
she she does a pretty good job. You know, I really like her the way she acts because she has this kind of subdued, kind of soft way of speaking and everything like that. And um, but um, she got into a little bit of action. She has some fight scenes and stuff. Oh, that dude, uh, Richard T. Jones or something, bald, dark skin, bald, bald dude. Um, he's been on a lot of stuff. You know, he's been a lot of stuff. I and, um, don't remember this guy's name. Yeah, yeah, you, you probably saw him. Um, uh, did you see that segment where um, you got the the, um, the girlfriend introducing her boyfriend to uh, her parents at dinner, and um, comes out? It comes out that he's an atheist, and so he has to talk about it. Yeah, I know this dude. I, I, I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it. Um, it's from that television show that's on the one, the one yeah. channel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, and the only reason I watch that network is because they. Um, I think a different world is a syndicate on that on that network. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so it, you know, it's pretty it, it's pretty good because you know it it kind of elaborated on the Terminator mythos a lot more. Um, the, you know, and it ended a bit abruptly because especially the second season was getting very good. Um, because they're they're finding out about all the things that Skynet is doing, and you get the sense that no matter what they do, there's not much they can do to change the impending what's going to happen. They know the apocalypse is coming. They know Skynet is going to be built, but no matter what they do, you know, time seems to rework itself so that the inevitable happens, you know, is going to happen. And it ended in the second season before you could fully find out exactly what's going to go down, you know, you know. And they even had a guy playing Kyle Reese in it, but he was not Michael Bean. Yeah, I really don't like um besides with the exception of Highlander and maybe a couple of others, like um Teen Wolf, like I mentioned before, I really don't like television shows that are based off really great movies. Um yeah. now in Teen Wolf's case, I didn't think that was a great movie. <laughs> so that's safe. But I thought I thought that the Terminator um series was great. I really didn't want to see any shows based on them, so I never watched the Sarah Connor Chronicles, but I know the guy you're talking about. Um, yeah, man, it's just too um, bad. Um, too bad Christian Bale kind of jacked up number four, but, you know. Oh, uh, it's okay. We'll we'll see for the next ship here. <laughs> um, let's see. Next one on my list, um, I mentioned it before, Teen Wolf. Um, this is actually actually running on MTV. Um, it's the best show that MTV's had since Daria. It's the only reason to watch their network. Well, they have another really good show called Awkward, but it's not in that sci-fi genre at all. And I personally think that it's like a white teenage hijacking of the web series Awkward Black Girl, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um Teen Wolf is incredible. Not only is it incredible, it has an incredible soundtrack, and it's really the only way to hear good music on MTV anymore is by watching that show. I'm just putting it out there. Not only do they play an awesome <laughs> soundtrack, but they tell you at the bottom of the screen, they'll tell you at the bottom of the screen exactly what song and artist is playing in each scene where music is playing. The show is about a kid named Scott who gets bitten by a wolf his life changes, he becomes a werewolf. He gets he, he he tries to fight his nature. He tries to fight getting in with a pack and meanwhile he falls in love for the first time with a girl named Allison Urgent, who comes from a family of werewolf hunters. So the show's really, really good. Um 
it's in, it just finished its third season uh, about a month ago. It's really, really great. Not only do we have werewolves, we have um, chimeras, we have werewolf hunters, we have banshees, we have succubi. Like, the whole thing is amazing. The cast banter, the, the dialogue is stellar because not only do they speak like teens, but it's, it's funny, um, and it, it keeps things light in a show that, you know, otherwise very, very dark. The transformations from wolf to person are believable because they don't become some big, hairy animal. They have things, the color of their eyes changes, and you see a slight change in musculature. But it's not something where they become some, you know, huge, furry monster ripping through their clothing and have to get a whole new wardrobe after every episode. <laughs> like, mm. it's really, really well done. And um, the cast is excellent. They're all in their 20s, but they all look like teenagers. It's not one of those um, Dawson's Creek nightmares where everybody looks like they're 30, but they're still trying to pretend like they're in high school. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really, really good show. I highly recommend it. Pretty much the only reason to be watching MTV anymore is for Teen Wolf. Um, and if you're watching that Teen Mom or 16 and Pregnant Garbage, um, we can't be friends anymore. Just know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, you, you know, it's strange. you got to explain to kids now who are, like, under 20 years old, you know, why MTV has a, still has a name, music television, and it plays no music. You know, just yep. you had to explain to them that whole thing. Quick um, side note: Does any is anyone willing to take them to the team and go assassinate the real world? I'm talking about the show. It needs to die. I don't know why this is on air. I didn't even know that shit was still coming on. It, this, this is the reaction everybody has. It, why is it still on air? Or I didn't know it was still on air, but yes, it is still on air. The real world uh-huh. is still on air. It's still running. I have no clue. And it's not even funny anymore. They used to go to, like, France and Italy. Now they're going to Portland. Portland, Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's the next show on your list? Uh, uh, all right. Now, these are two that I haven't watched, but I want to bring them up in case, you know, anybody wants to check them out on YouTube or something like that. Um, you probably didn't know this, but there were two shows, Freddy's Nightmares and Night- Friday the 13th. Now, Fr- Freddy's Nightmares, I've listened to a lot of podcasts that do um, um, retrospectives on the entire series. Both that centered around Freddy Krueger. They even showed the trial of how he's how he's caught and the technicality that got him off and the parents going ape shit and burning him up and everything and how his whole origin got started. Which, you know, would be interesting to me, but I don't really need to see that. So I've never, I haven't wasted my time. And I've heard that it was atrocious. Because if, if you paid attention to Halloween, not Halloween, but uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series, after part three, which was the best in the whole series, it, it, you know, it skyrocketed in popularity to the point where you had merchandise and and everything, and they, you know, then they they ratcheted up all the one-liners and the goofy moments of it, so like that. And so, so they had this idea for this little stupid little show, which is supposed to center around uh, Freddie's little uh, uh, um, traumatizing little rampage and whatnot. And 
from 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 everything I've heard, it is garbage. I might check it out if it's free on YouTube, but outside of that, I you know if it's on Amazon, I'm not gonna buy it. Uh, then Friday the thirteenth did not take place on Friday or a thirteenth. Did not even have anything to do with Crystal Lake or Jason. You know what I'm saying? It was supposed to be a uh, uh, show similar to like uh, um, uh, um, Poltergeist, the leg- legacy, in which you got this, um, you know, remember that movie, Le- Needful Things, in which you got a shop that sells cursed sh- shit to people I never and stuff saw happens. Oh, you didn't? Okay. I never well, um, that. Oh. Well, you know, you got this one shop that sold a bunch of stuff of cursed objects, and you got this other, these got these people trying to get those cursed objects back. The fuck did that have to do with Jason or Father Thirteenth? I don't know. They just attached the name to it, and I get it was meant to draw people in. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think it ran for one, one, two seasons. I don't even know what channel these shows ran on. So um, if you want to check them out, go ahead. But I mean, I waste my time on. Okay, let's see, let's see. Um, the next show on my list is Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah, awesome. We have some fans. Um, I know we have lots of fans of this show, but... So Battlestar say we Galactica, all. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica is essentially a show about um, a TV series about... Um, the American military um, being, well, not just an American military, but various branches of military being stationed in various provinces and states and being attacked by a group called the Cylons. Cylons are machines that they had invented long ago to pretty much be their slaves, but the Cylons were of artificial intelligence and evolved. So in the Cylons left, when the Cylons came back, the Cylons looked like us, walked and spoke and and talked like us and behaved like us, but really they were sleeper agents ready to destroy us. And that was the premise of Battlestar Galactica. Great show, incredibly well-written, very, very intelligent. Um, there's very little lacking about the show. And I'm saying this is someone who, A, generally does not like um, space-based shows, I like the Star Trek franchise, but only the movies, not the TV series. Um, I don't like Star Wars, and I don't like anything that's military-based, but this is military sci-fi, and it was also a space opera. Two things that I usually don't like that I loved in this show. So I'm saying this to someone who's not a fan girl of that particular genre. Who I absolutely loved it. Um, and people who think this might be hard to follow, it wasn't a hard show to follow, except it was very layered, very involved. Just when you think you have your you have your finger on the answer, you solve the riddle. They throw another they throw you another loop. You know, they throw you another curveball. That was that's what was so great about the show was because not only did it keep them on their toes with the situations, but the characters evolved a great deal. A character that you may not have understood, you may grow to like. A character you like, you realize that they're a complete asshole. And you know, just like real-world situations, the characters were, were in shades of gray. They were ne- there were no such things as perfect people on Battlestar yeah. Galactica. And that's always what I like about uh, a show is when you have, 
you don't have the mustache twirling villain. You have, you don't have the shining white arm armor type of hero. You got people who fuck up. You know, you know. Sometimes the good guys are wrong. You know, um, would trip me out like uh, um, uh, Madam President. You know what I'm saying? You you on her side for most of the show, but then when um, um, that one girl who actually turned out to be a Cylon who had a conscience and a mind of her own and everything had a baby. Now the president is kind of villain-like and stuff. It's almost like uh, it's almost a, a, a racism or something like that. Um, the, the show man, that that was a very intricate show. It was a very and you had the gravitas and gravity of Edward James almost anchoring that show. You didn't have. If mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him, that I believe that show would not been nearly as good as it was because you got him. He's oh, a seasoned actor. Me. No, 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 no. I know you're not trying to downplay the contributions of one Katie Sackoff who played. Oh Ellie. yeah, 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 yeah. That her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's a badass chick. And Mary McDonald, who was the president. Yeah, I hate yeah, her. You got, I wanted to strangle her every single time that she yeah. showed her face in any other episode. I thought she was shady as hell. She tra- she was yeah. one of those people that tried to come off consistently as a good person, but she kept doing the most fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, it, I mean, you first of all, you got to get past the idea of why would one guy have the codes to the entire defense network of 12 planets. You know what I'm saying? Okay, don't worry about that. Just, you know, enjoy this. Because you got the, the Cylons and then, um, and then this, man, Tricia Hellfair. That's a fine woman right there, but um, and um, it, 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 it's not just a post-apocalyptic thing. It's not just a sci-fi thing. They're dealing. They're, the show doesn't forget that these are human beings in close quarters in a bad situation, and they are still human beings. They're still going to go through their relationships, their uh, um, uh, um, anxieties, their concerns, their fears. They're going to be factions formed. There are going to be issues to deal with and stuff like that along the way. I found when I found out about the show, it was already over, and I watched it on Netflix. And I, I, I um, I'm still um, ordering DVDs at this time. And every time I got the set of DVDs, I would sit down a whole day and watch the entire DVD. You know what I'm saying? And then when I got it got on Netflix, watched the whole season. I even watched uh, great. What else? Um, do you remember the character Dr. Guy Spaltar? Turned up yeah. turned out later was a prophet. Yeah, for me he made that show. Because he's one of those characters that evolved the most. He went from complete narcissist to almost a savior. Mm-hmm. Did you he see had, uh, he went through such Rick? a radical change of 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 character? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, and don't get me wrong, that show had a lot of great characters. Like uh like uh, Admiral Kane, I really did like her, even though she, it's, she's one of those characters where she's supposed to be the hard ass, almost a villain like, but you almost understand what she kind of makes sense sometimes. Oh no, um, no, no! I, she know, I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt, but she messed up when she decides to do that Cylon baby. Then I have to cut her yeah, loose. That, that, like, yeah, you're not yeah, on, yeah, you're not yeah. on the school team anymore. Yeah. She lost. I threw I threw all the points out the door. I was like, you're done. You're dead to me. <laughs> I even liked her in, in uh, Razor with that, you know, um, Korean chick that speaks with an Australian accent, which is mm. kind of cool. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was, man, it was a great show, man. It, they, Caprica couldn't do it. I couldn't, I could not get into Yeah, Caprica, Caprica, I really wanted to get into Caprica with some of these things where they were trying too hard to move to the hype of ESG. And it's like, you can't, like, baby steps, one day at a time. You're not there yet. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. You got to crawl before you can run, sweetie. Like, I want, I want to say this so many times to the producers. You are a spin off. You can't ride on the coattails of your parents' show thinking that you're going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, you see these guys, you see a lot of these people at uh, comic conventions a lot of times. Like, um, Edward James Olmos and um, Candace McClure um, were at Don Dragon Con. And Candace McClure is also on Hemlock Grove, which I'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a little bit. But uh, she also did she also did a terrible, 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 terrible sci-fi remake of Children of the Corn. Don't watch it. Don't, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Do not hurt yourself. Like, terrible, terrible. Don't watch it. <laughs> I love how you say it all like in like this pleading way. Don't watch it. Um, <laughs> all right, I promise I will not watch it. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Was another one of my all favorite shoes. You know, I, I already threw it out there. Um, Hemlock Grove, which is a okay. Netflix original, which is it's okay. Now, um, apparently Eli, Eli Roth had something to do with it. I mean, maybe he's a producer or something like that. It's it's in this town, and um, the problem with the show is that it's confusing because you got a werewolf, you got a vampire, you got this giant mutant cyborg robot type chick who has magical powers or something like that. You also have a old chick that played Jean Grey on um, X-Men who has a weird European accent in the town where mm-hmm. there, she's the only one who has that accent. And it's supposed to be a horror mystery about, I mean, you know, somebody, some other, somebody's killing people. You don't know who. They're trying to figure it out. You also have Candace McClure who might be a lesbian, but is also trying to figure out, she's probably trying to investigate this whole thing. And um, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's one of those shows that had a good idea and had good concepts, but it stumbled in the execution of them. To the, so you kind of, it, you got to stick with it to figure out what's going on, and it doesn't answer all the questions, you know. And so, mm-hmm. um, but um, it was an interesting concept. So I, I like a show that, that takes a chance and try to invent a new concept and everything like that. I still cannot stand quadruped quadruped werewolves. I need to have bipedal upright werewolves. I'm sorry, that's me. I'm a werewolf purist. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, yeah, yeah, peace, Linus. It is on Netflix. And um, so other than that, but you know, um, you gotta um. You gotta stick with the show, man. You gotta stick with it. If you willing to stick with it, it might pay out for you. Hmm. Okay. Next on my list. Please don't tell me I just lost track of which is the next on my list. That would suck a lot. Um. Oh, next on my list is The Vampire Diaries, which is a show that's running right now. It's one of how many shows do I watch right now? One of uh, four shows that I will get up. To, to, to watch like while it's on TV. The Vampire Diaries has been running for quite a long time now. It comes out on the CW. It's a teen vampire drama. And it centers around the character of Elena Gilbert, 
was from a town called Mystic Falls, which has a long, violent, um, complicated history with vampires. And um, she ends up falling in love with a vampire named Stefan Salvatore. And the love triangle between Elena, Stefan, and his brother Damon centers on the show, but we have werewolves, we have witches, we have warlocks, we have originals who are like the first vampires to ever walk the earth, and the originals is actually a spinoff of Vampire Diaries that premiered a few weeks ago. And it's, it's, it's honestly very, very well done. Um, my feeling, and anyone who watches the Vampire Diaries will agree with me on this, is that they just need to let Elena die. Because so far, about five, five to seven, I think, I've lost track, of the, the main or auxiliary characters on the show have died because of her or in trying to protect her, um, including her best friend and her brother twice, um, her mm-hmm. aunt and a few other people. So my, my feeling on the subject is y'all just need to let this girl die. Just let her go. It'll be sad for a while, but everyone else will be better off. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a great show. It's based on a television series, and the lead actress, Nina Dobrev, is stunning. Very, very beautiful girl. Great actress. She has great emotional range. And besides the fact that the makeup people on the show insist on putting these three-inch-long false eyelashes on her, um, the show is perfection. It really is. Um, it stars Paul Wesley, and he's done sci-fi before um and you know all pretty everyone on the show has had quite a bit of acting experience just never on this level and i mean nina debrev really surprised me on this show because um anyone who watched the grass is next generation and i used to saw her on the show playing a teen mom and then she goes on this show and it's such a, a shift a complete shift um the show is really, really great. It's very layered. It's very involved. And the Vampire Diaries, as well as Hemlock Grove and Alpha, and I believe Heroes, are all on Netflix. So people who haven't been watching those shows, you should probably just get on Netflix and start watching those shows right now. And you're welcome. Um, I know I just helped you procrastinate even more than you already are. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, since you went with Vampire Diaries, I guess I'd go with uh, uh, um, um, the True Blood. And I haven't watched True this Blood. last season. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, not living right, yeah. Mario. You're not living right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Showtime, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm watching, Um, I've been watching, you know, uh, I watched the early season and stuff like that. And I was really getting into it. Um. Because you got this small um, Louisiana town, and you got uh, different people living there, um, and um, one by one, almost everybody becomes some type of supernatural creature and or supernaturally related type of person. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it got it, it started jumping the shark after uh, maybe season three or four, which had Admiral Kane on it playing a maynad. I didn't know there was such a thing. That was pretty. That was a good season. But then this, we kind of started getting a little bit away from, you know, everything. I mean, I guess you kind of run out of storyline. You start making things up. Like, uh, you know, like the whole thing about the old girl being a fairy and everything. And, you know, and I, you know, and this is this has come from me. I come from, I love hammer horror. I love universal horror. I love a lot of the old school uh, vampire flicks where, especially like in the 70s and 80s where vampires were scary. So I have to get past the whole pretty, supernatural white people 
okay, where, you know, their brow furrow and not, they're supposed to be a vampire, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. How do you pass that? I don't find any of these any of these vampires even remotely threatening, but I enjoy the storyline and stuff. I even enjoy seeing uh, um, Anna Paquin nude because it's inter- entertaining. It really is. Um, it hasn't been that great this season, but yeah, I went to the nudity in past seasons, and she's kind of falling off for me. I'm enjoying everybody else's nudity a great deal though. So um, kudos for that. And I'm just waiting until we can finally see Jessica completely naked, because that would be awesome. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, cool. She has a fanatical following and stuff like that. Um, I really wish, you know, I, it, it kind of goes into the whole vein of the, the pretty supernatural white kids, because you also have, you know, send, uh, uh, um, Twilight and all that stuff like that, in which – they're not threatening. They're just white kids with social issues that happen to be vampires. You know what I'm saying? And these, these you know, <laughs> you know, it's, they're not threatening at all to me. You know, but sometimes enough, sometimes all right, uh, every now and then, you might have an entertaining show or something like that. Although um, Twilight is bullshit to me, except for the part where Edward gets slammed like five times, you know. I'm sorry, but I, no, I'm serious. I gotta put this out there. I just, I can't, t- I can't hold it in anymore. A vampires who glitter aren't scary at all. It's like the complete opposite of scary, especially for a girl. Number two, if Edward became a vampire at 17, why does he have wrinkles? Just why? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and I find it kind of, I almost find it kind of pedophile. Like, did you have a hundred and 100-plus-year-old kid who is perpetually in high school who suddenly falls in love with a 17-year-old girl. I mean, because... What's wrong with the entire Twilight series? You're a vampire, you're a mortal, and you can't find anything better to do with your time than to go to high school over and over and over again. It was like, you're saying, how the hell... You know, I mean, first of all, you, you, if you are failing these classes... That it, it, you are a dumbass vampire because right now you <laughs> should be able to write the damn curriculum yourself. Mhm. You know, but you know. But, I mean, yeah, it, it's a mess. It's a, the whole thing is a hot ass mess. I I can't get behind the Twilight franchise. And anyone who's read the books will that those are the last books that a teenage girl should be reading ever. Um, not only I is think, Bella completely devoid of personality, but Edward is incredibly abusive and controlled. Yeah, I tell you one thing though. Because part two of the last one I saw, the ending when Michael Sheen appeared in that movie was the first time I paid attention to that movie. Because I was on a date, and I'm about to fall asleep. I didn't give a shit about these people or this movie. I, I'm, I'm like, when there's a black dude on the screen, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But then he gets ripped apart by giant wolves. Okay, that sucked. But then toward the end, you know, so I zoned out. Next thing I know, Michael Sheen is on the, um, um, on the screen. That mm-hmm. man, that man came into this movie saying, "This is how you act." You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so he, that this was is the problem that pe- this is what people don't understand about Twilight. Kristen Stewart aside, and I'm, I'm kind of shaking up, shaky about her. You know, I kind of on the fence about her acting because I've seen her and uh, a number of independent films, um, most notably The Cake Eaters, where her acting was on point, and the rest of the cast especially Nikki Reed, um, if you've seen her in the film 13, and um, 
what's the guy's name who plays Edward? Um, I forget. Um, he he's a great actor. I saw him in Water for Elephants. It's like night and day. What people don't understand, people who don't re- didn't read the books, everybody, including Kristen Stewart, acted their part perfectly. This is how they were written in that book. <laughs> Yeah, which is, you know, which I've heard, which makes me even more sad. It's not their fault that they're 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 just going by the script. That's what the book – Bella is as uninteresting and useless in the movie as she is in the book. Edward is as controlling mm-hmm. and emo in the movie as he is in the book. Like, everybody is exactly the way that they are in the book. No, almost nothing different. The only thing I would say is Edward's sisters, quote-unquote, are depicted as being far more beautiful than they are, but I think it'd be very, very hard to find an actress that looks as good as what she put out. And like I said, our main character, Bella, we know everything about everyone else, but all we know about her is that she has dark brown hair and eyes. She has no personality, no goals, no ambitions, no interests, no friends, um, no achievements, no talents, uh, nothing. She is devoid of any and all personality. There's nothing special about her until besides Edward's love and her complete obsession with him. And there is nothing special about her until his love, a.k.a. his bite, changes her and makes her better and more awesome. And that's what's wrong with the series. Aside from the fact that he is controlling and abusive, she's basically nothing until he makes her something. Yeah, because like I said, I cut it off at part two. I only watched part one and two because it's somebody I was dating at the time. After part two, I I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> this is this is torture, man. I mean, I'm like this guy. I mean, he's a supernatural being, and I could kick his ass. And then you got this one dude. Who, I mean, first of all, it's the Popeye and Bluto um, situation. Which why are they fighting over this chick? I mean, you got a 17-year-old boy who's swole as hell, all right? There's some, there's some girl, there is a woman lining up for your young ass because you already hooked out. I was not built like that when I was 17. I'm not built like that now. You know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm like, I don't get, you know, when, I, when I see movies like this, and the same thing as in The Walking Dead, you got Shane and Rick and everything, I'm like, y'all are fighting over her? This, this is, this is, this is, look, again, this like I said earlier, Lori may not have been the most beautiful woman, but she's the only one around. You can't exactly go to a bar or go to Match.com and get a new chick. You can't. People are dying. You got to hold on to what you got. <laughs> like, it's hard out here for a pimp. You don't know? <laughs> you know exactly how hard it is to date right now. Imagine if your options are narrowed down to all the women that are not zombies, by the way, in like the ten mile radius. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, Lori's not that attractive, but she was the only one that was a not taken, not underage, and changed a lot of things. He was not a pedo. No, Andrew. one of the Asian kids from, um, from the moment that she saw him. She and they, 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 they're all but married. They will be married to go to the church right now. Uh, come on, they will be. <laughs> They're like the only solid couple on the show, to be perfectly honest, besides Daryl and Carol, who will never consummate. But anywho, <laughs> <laughs> um, the next show on my list is a U.K. series called Misfits. 
Misfits is Oh, I've heard about this. If you haven't watched Misfits yet, you need to get on that. Um, Misfits is great, and it's actually, I thought, I thought the series was over, but it's actually coming back for another season. And it basically starts off where you have um, four guys and two girls, um, young adults. They're in their late teens, early 20s. The show never really completely clarifies their ages. We know they're young adults, and they're all on probation for something. Um, and what ends up happening is um, there is this horrible thunderstorm one day, and they all get hit. Like, it's like, it's not a normal thunderstorm, it's like a supercell. All get hit by fractures of the same bolt of lightning, and they get these superpowers. Um, but not everybody's powers are a good thing. Pretty much everyone's powers are a manifestation of who they are as a person and how they see themselves. Um, for instance, um, one of the um, lead characters, Alicia, um, she is very sexual. She dates a lot. She, um, you know, has a lot of sex. And her power is basically to make anyone whom she touches want to sleep with her. Um, there is another hey. character. She's very self-conscious. She always thinks that people are talking bad about her. So her power becomes the power to read minds. Um, there's one um, JT who's a complete narcissist. And um, Nathan, he's a complete narcissist, and he be, has a power to, um, he's a, he becomes immortal, basically. Um, there is Curtis. He was a star athlete. He could run very quickly, and now he can run through time. Um, he, he knows what's going to happen a few minutes before it does. So in those few moments, he can change everything. And he's the one that ends up saving their lives on the first episode because their probation officer who also got stuck by the lightning becomes a homicidal maniac. And for the duration of the show, there's like a running joke. You know, they may have changed powers, lost powers, lost friends, but they never forgot how to kill a probation officer because their probation officers end up dead either through either because they had to kill this person in self-defense or it just happened through no fault of their own, like accidentally killed a probation officer. Um, but, yeah, it's a great show. It's, it, it's, it's, it deals with a few heavy subjects, but overall it's just incredibly funny. And it's a very realistic view of what the average human being would do if they have supernatural powers. Like they're not on some trip to save the world or whatever, they're just they're just thinking about how those powers could benefit themselves and their lives. Oh, okay. That sounds interesting because you know I haven't you know I haven't gotten too much into you know, stuff like that. I'm still trying to get into Doctor Who, and I didn't realize it was like forty years worth of shit to get into. I won't have, man. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really, I really want to like Doctor Who. Um, I've never watched an episode. I know, please don't stone me. The reason I never watched an episode is because the show is so popular and it's still running, and I feel like I'm so far behind. I'm like that kid who never really learned to read correctly in the first grade or the second grade or the third grade, and so by the time like I'm in middle school, I just gave up and just decided to stick to remedial, then try to catch up on what I I haven't learned, basically. <laughs> That's what it's going to right now. I don't want to catch up because there's just so much, and I will be overwhelmed by the sheer volume of episodes of Doctor Who that I haven't seen. Mm. Mm. See? So, uh, what is in it on your list? Uh, oh, uh, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. You know what? I'm going to throw this out there. 
because it does have some horror elements in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm only gonna I'm gonna compartmentalize it. Game of Thrones. And the reason why I'm throwing that out there because there is a segment featuring zombies. Uh, oh, I have a cheat zomb- of my own. I have I have my cheat show, but I'll say that later. So you can have Game of Thrones. I have a cheat show, and it's it's really <laughs> it's it's kind of hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's awesome, man. You know, focusing on if first of all, if you're not watching Game of Thrones, what are you doing with your life? Okay. Right. And uh, yeah, and um. Peaceland recommended Doctor Who, so check it out. Um, so what are you doing with your life if you're not watching Game of Thrones? So there's a, an entire area of this show that's centered in a frozen Arctic race, r- wasteland, um, centered behind, uh, you got um, one part of the known world on one side of a gigantic ice wall and another part on the opposite side of that wall, which is wild and untamed, and you have the dead return to life controlled by undead ice wizards or whatever the fuck they are. It's called the White Walker. You know what I'm saying? And when these guys show up on, I mean, and this show does a good job of spreading them out throughout the show. You know what I'm saying? But when they show up, I mean, they don't just resurrect humans. They resurrect animals. You have undead animals as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and the books go into much more detail about um, bears that are half, half decayed, showing gore and viscera and stuff like that and uh, in full-on attack mode. And it, I love the – I love it. And I really wish the show would – the show could actually do an entire uh, run of the battle beyond the wall with not only these uh, um, wild people, but these zo- this zombie threat, this imminent zombie threat that is next to unstoppable because they're hard as hell to kill – a headshot doesn't do it, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because they're supernaturally powered, so a headshot doesn't do it. You know, um, it just really just—I mean—and it it just escalates the whole thing because it's like you have the rest of the world dealing with their own little political issues, but there's this other threat that's above above the wall that's coming for everybody, and it doesn't give a shit who is sitting on the throne. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, don't forget the dragons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Khaleesi, man, that is a that's a nice tent morsel right there. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do ha- are ha- I think I think all the men that watch Game of Thrones are in love with Daenerys. Um, but she has a lot of women. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, Rob Stark's wife, the one that was just murdered at the red wedding. Omg. Besides Khaleesi's um, new handmaiden slash slave girl, she is the hottest. She was the hottest woman on that show. So I guess the slave girl is like one now um, because, you know, Rob Stark's wife is horribly butchered. But, man, she was gorgeous. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they have that show is littered with good-looking women, including the incredibly inept Sansa, who started all of um, the Stark family's problems in the first place by being an idiot and trying to marry with Joffrey, like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It is, you know, it's got, it's got magical elements in it. You know, you know what? As a matter of fact, it's got horrifically, uh, horrific magic elements in all throughout uh, off the show and whatnot because um, you got this red priestess who works with this red god who needs people who has a really big thing with fire and everything. Um, but, uh, it, you know, 
It's such a well-written book and such a well-written written show that mm-hmm. it's almost next to impossible to hit every every point and everything. But it is, you know, especially I really do wish that there could be an entire show of just the white wall. I mean, just the wall. Because mm-hmm. that is just a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm. Khaleesi. Khaleesi. <laughs> and don't act like you don't act like you getting all moist when getting all moist with Carl Drogo was on the screen. Oh, uh, okay. Carl Drogo died way too soon. I'm so bad about yeah. that. But you know, I'm not I wasn't hung up on the dude. There's a lot of good looking dudes on that show. Not as many good looking women, but um who cares? I'm an equal opportunity for you. The next show on my list, it's not my cheat, by the way. My cheat's coming later, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to shock everyone. Um, my next show is not live action. It's animated, and it is Futurama. Um, oh, okay. That it was canceled, but then it was brought back because it is that epic. Um, it's the premise is about Fry and Pizza Boy, who's actually frozen in 1999, and it started on New Year's Eve. Twenty nine ninety nine, and shit gets real, or as real as it can in an animated series. <laughs> um, it's, mm-hmm. it's hilarious. There are great sci-fi elements, and of course, there is the unforgettable voice of one Katie Segal, better known mm-hmm. as yeah. Peggy Bundy. Um, mm-hmm. I love her on this show. I love her on every show she's been in. I love her on Eight Simple Rules. I love her on Married with Children, and I love her character on Futurama. She's awesome. Um, really, really great show, great premise, very funny. And there are a lot of the, the best jokes on the show are very, very insidiously laid and very under the radar. Um, you have to, you feel kind of smart for catching it. Um, you have to have been alive at a certain time to catch some of the pop culture references as well. And the creator is Matt Groening, who is also the creator of The Simpsons, which is a show that should have died about three seasons ago um, and gone with some dignity. But anyway, Futurama is in its seventh episode and it is much deserved. Really, really funny show. Really great cast. Really well written. And I think, you know, anybody who sings a quick laugh, Futurama is that show to do it for you. Really, really great show. Right. Okay, that's cool. You know what? You know, I'm I'm probably going to go with this. Um, I'm going to throw out some anime right quick. Um, Blood, The Last Vampire. Um, if you like anime, you, you you love the sharpness of the drawings, the colors, you know. The, the, there's definitely a flair and, and a character. The, the, the artistry is almost a character within itself. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it really is, you know, it really is uh, quite a – you got this one girl who um, – um, who has all? Who um, is like a vampire hunter? And you got these vampires appearing. These are monstrous vampires, and she has to kill them and stuff like that. And you got—it it was even made into a movie. So you got this cute little Asian chick with the, the schoolgirl outfit, which is always kind of hot and everything. And it's you know, um, if you like anime, you'll like it. You know, you'll like it. You know, um, if you're into stuff like in the vein of uh, maybe a. Uh, uh, Ghost in the Shell and stuff, yeah. Ghost in the Shell and stuff like that. You'll like it. You'll like it because it's you know it's it's dark. 
and it's gritty, and it's it's one of those unblushing type of uh, cartoons. And it's not the kind of anime with the happy-go-lucky little blonde-haired kids, the big, big shiny eyes and stuff like that. I don't really get into mm-hmm. all that. So, you know, I just want to throw that out there right quick. Alrighty. Um, I never heard of that show, but I really should try to watch it. Um, the next show on my list is Smallville. Um, Smallville is based on just the comics of Superman. And it's it's a really unique look on to take on Superman where you have um Clark Kent while he was still living in small Smallville, Kansas, he was still living on the farm and you learn about his high school crush, Lois Lane, um, you know, before I mean, excuse me, Lana Lang, before there was Lois Lane. Um, you learn about his best friends, Pete and Chloe, and you see how he's kind of growing into his own, trying to adjust to both adolescence and the powers that he ha- he has, which are steadily growing, and later on, the um, the dangers that he faces from people that were affected by the meteor shower, which brought him to Earth. There are great elements that had some really seriously interesting powers. I remember season one, there was this boy that could like um, control bugs, and you know, um, any any hive animal like termites or ants, and and he he could function as, like, a queen and direct them to harm or kill other people. Um, right. introduced the Flash, and he is portrayed as a victim also of the meteorite shower, and um, he develops superhuman speed. We are interested, we are introduced to Cyborg, and a few other, and the Green Arrow, and a few other really great, um, members of the Justice League. But the show was great. It ran a really, really long time. I absolutely loved the way that Lex Luthor was portrayed. Other than the fact that he wasn't black, but he's supposed to be black. Yeah, everybody else in Radio Land, Lex Luthor's character is supposed to be black. Um, which, <laughs> always, you know, which always made me feel, which always made me feel really, really good because Lex Luthor is supposed to be, like, the smartest man in the DC Universe. So that always made me really, really happy. Um, but yeah, he was still looking really challenged and and filthy rich on Smallville, so that went really, really well. Um, the show was just really, really great. Um, Tom Willing stayed on probably a bit longer than he should have because he hasn't been able to find any work since Smallville. But hey, you know, that's the risk you take. The real white man has the hard way. So, yeah, that's that's the next show on my list. What is next show on your list? All right. Um, um, this is another quick one because I have a need to bring this um, this show up because it is so obscure now and it's so forgotten, but it was a good show called uh, – um, you've probably never even heard about this, but Star Trek The Next Generation, okay? No, you mm-hmm. – Nobody's heard of this show, okay? And so um, this is the one that features a bald dude who went on to play Professor Xavier, you know, Mm -hmm. and a really um, smart guy with telekinetic powers. Hold on a second. Was it telepathy? Some of that shit. One or or the other. Anyway, in a really cool wheelchair. And so 
I'm complaining. Um, so you get it was one of is the only show season show that I actually really watched of uh, Star Trek. I didn't really get into any of the sub the other ones, you know. Um, I didn't really watch too much of the original because one thing I was too young to, to watch it. Number two, when it was coming on TBS, I caught a few parts parts of it. Hilarious how bad that is, but it's cool though. But Next Generation really got me because it introduced this really horrific type of uh, 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 of creature called the Borg. And the Borg were these almost cyborg, android-like um, beings that that took on all this kind of black leather and, um, you know, all these cybernetic um, um, enhancement machines and all these um, other uh, uh, kind of kind of robot-like characteristics, and they, they were kind of, they were a hive mind. It's like you got ten people who share the same thought process and whatnot. And I really liked um, that that aspect of it, that Borg was such a menace, and that, uh, you know, just the, the creepy way that they look, you know, with the, all these wires coming out of them and stuff like that. And, um, you, you know, it, it didn't go into the kind of... Like the original had the Gorn, or what was that? That the kind of lizard creature that he had to fight with at the Rock, or something like that. That was hilarious to me. But it had, you know, the Borg was a really interesting creature, and you also had the Kling, uh, the Klingons, which is pretty much black dudes with fucked up foreheads. And um, you know, it had some other stuff in it, man. But you know, I really did like uh, the Borg aspect more because I mean, because it kind of. It, I kind of, I, I'm into Cronenberg, who does a lot of body horror. So I guess that's what that kind of spoke to me with the Borg is the body horror aspect of your body being modified and it's against your will. There's nothing you can do about it. And mm-hmm. so I really did like that, you know. If you uh, check out Jean-Luc Picard, make it so. <laughs> okay. I need to check that series out too because I, mean, I didn't really watch it. I heard a lot about it. I never really got into it. Um, let's yeah. see. The next series on my list, I'm also going back to my childhood now, is Animorphs. This series ran from 1998 to 2008. It only lasted two series and it was two seasons and it was on Nickelodeon. And Animorphs is based on the Animorphs best-selling Animorphs book series, which is a scholastic book series by um, Catherine Applegate, otherwise known as K.A. Applegate. Um, I'm going to try to make this as brief as possible because I'm such a fan girl of the book series. I read the entire book series, all 54 regular installments, the two Alternomorphs, and the Chronicles and Megamorphs. It was this serious for me. But anywho, um, Animorphs is basically goes like this. You have, um, you have five teenagers, three boys, two girls. They're walking home from the mall one day, and they see this, um, very small space, spacecraft that's crashed. They see this creature that looks like a blue horse with a scorpion's tail, and he's dying. He hands them this cube. He says the cube will allow them to become any animal that they touch by absorbing its DNA, and they be- can become that animal for two hours. If they stay any longer than two hours, they'll be trapped as that animal. They can they can communicate telepathically when they're in that form with each other. And this is the only tool we can give them to fight the yerk invasion. The yerks are these slug-like animals that crawl into your ear, 
They wrap themselves around their brains, and by doing that, they have access to everything that you are, all of your memories, all of your gestures, everything about their, your personality. They basically become you, and no one knows that it's not you because they have control of all your motor system. You can't cry out for help. Every thought that you have, they know. Every memory you have, they have absorbed. And basically, this person controls your body. And it's one of the scariest forms of slavery I've ever heard of because the people around you don't even know that you're a slave. The only respite from this is that every three days, the Yurks must go to the Yurk pool so that they can feed and replenish themselves before going back into their host's heads. Meanwhile, the hosts are kept in cages until their Yurk is done. So there's a silent invasion going on, and no one knows it, and only these kids can, can help. And the series is very well written because it tells you a lot about the animals as they become them. Um, each book is narrated by a different member of the animorphs, and the television series runs along, ran along the same way. Brooke Nevin, who was on this show, went on um, to be on the show um, Breakout Kings, and Sean Ashmore, who played the lead role of Jake Berenson, went on to play the Iceman in the X-Men series. But it was a great show, but my generation really wasn't appreciative enough or it was on the raw network, but it only lasted two seasons and that made me very, very unhappy. There were a host of other aliens besides the Yurks. There were the Taxons. There were the Horde Bavir. It was was so lush. She made this incredible world where where 80% of what happened was actually plausible. And the Yurk invasion was the scariest thing I'd ever read about because if such creatures existed, it would be totally possible to have a full-scale invasion with everybody, with, without anybody knowing it. It was a better invasion than the body snatchers. It was a more concrete one because mm. the first, the, these, these aliens knew everything about you once they got in your head. They knew mm. your likes, your dislikes, your habits, your goals, your memories, your thoughts. They control your body, so you'll be doing things you don't want to do, saying things you don't want to say, but they're in complete control of you. That, that that sounds really interesting. Yeah, it was a I great, great series. I recommend the book series and the um, television series, Animorphs. Um, sadly, Animorphs isn't on DVD. It's on VHS. But if you are holding on to that relic, still have a VHS player, you should check out that series. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, um, you know I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out, you know. Because um, it's, it's not like something I would be interested to. Yeah, I mean the book series oh. is it's targeted for like middle age, um, middle school children. But like I read it as an adult and it was still good. Okay, uh, somebody commented and said that there were black and white Klingons. So I, you know, I didn't watch the show enough to pay attention. All I saw was morph, oh, not morph, morph. Yeah, morph, and the occasional Klingon that just appeared out of nowhere and just for whatever plot convenience that were us. So, you know, I, I, um, 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 so I'm going to have to go back and revisit some of that, you know, because mm-hmm. it's the only one I really like. Um, my next show is The Immortal X-File. And I'm telling mm. you, I missed a lot of this when it was first coming on, and so I've been, I have been watching it on Netflix and whatnot. And I totally forgot about some of these these um, stories, like the one with the mutant hill inbred hill uh, mutant inbred hillbilly family. 
And that mm-hmm. was good because they're cannibals as well. And that was pretty damn freaky, man. I'm telling you, man. It was, whew, it was really freaky. And then there's this one episode, and I think it's toward the first season, where you have this creature that um, 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 I think he's kind of slimy-like and whatnot, but he can take on shapes and stuff. And um, he's, he's really, he's almost, he, he's almost not like, uh, uh, some type of being. I guess he's made a putty or something like that, or a lizard or something. But he's played by Doug Hutchison, and um, he, he you know, because it's one point in time he caught crawls in through the uh, the uh, ventilation shaft or something like that. He he can't really fit in there, but he did mm-hmm. because he can. And um, it was creepy as hell. Um. How they, you know, how they did it, you know. I kind of got tired of Scully always kind of doubting the whole thing. And it's like, you've been going through several years of this shit, and you still don't believe. I mean, come on, you know. But um, eventually, you know, I mean, it just went out. Then um, toward the end of the series, they had uh, they replaced uh, um, David Duchovny, who was playing Fox Motor, stupidest name I've ever heard. Um, he was replaced with uh, uh T one thousand Robert Patrick. And uh, I'm gonna tell you something. I don't know if you heard. You have you heard about Doug Hutchison? The what? Doug Hutchison. Have you heard about him? Nope. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of these shows. All right, Doug Hutchison was uh, the little slimy, little weasel, little son bitch on um, on Green Mile. He was also in uh, a few other movies. I think he's on Lost, and he's also okay. I know uh, who you're talking about now. Yeah. This dude was 51 and married a 16-year-old girl uh, and killed his career. It happened like a few years ago. And if you see pictures of her, it, she is the most bimbo-looking type chick you've ever, you, you've ever seen. But apparently but her family 16? and everybody. Are you serious? She was 16 at the time that he married her. And, um, and um, apparently, wow. it, it, apparently the family, her family was cool with it. And everything, it killed his career, though. I mean, it's... I I wish people would understand that when you do dumb shit like this and you are in the public eye, you have to be ready for the backlash that you'll receive over it. Right, right, right. And it's like, damn, man. I mean, you're good at playing a creep, but you didn't have to do that shit for real. Mm -hmm. Okay, my next show, this is my cheat because we have like 17 minutes left. Um, this is my cheat. Don't judge me. Like I found, I managed to put the show in through a very, very, very small loophole, like eye of a needle. The next show on my list is Wishbone. Bear with me now. Oh, I know the show yeah. was about a dog who read books. Thing is, Wishbone could read. That's supernatural right there. And then <laughs> in the stories, Wishbone would always play the male protagonist and everyone would pretend like he wasn't a dog. That's some specialness. So, yeah, Wishbone is on my list. You know why? Because Wishbone encapsulated my elementary school experience. I may not have read the book, but when it came time for that book report, if I watched the Wishbone, that was already done. And that's why yeah, I remember being that a show. 90s kid was awesome. You didn't have to read the book. If all if you watch the wishbone, the book report would write itself. He read <laughs> all the books that I couldn't be bothered to read. And I, I'm saying this person who loves to read. He 
read all the books that I couldn't be bothered with, and I love him. I love that little dog. Mm-hmm. I still remember the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's Man, my cheat. Um, yeah, I remember that show. It was a cute little show. No, oh, that was a cute little show. Um, did you? I didn't watch Lost. So I'll leave Lost for you. So let me um pull up my pull up. Um, shoot, do, 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 do. um it's right on to my tongue, and I can't remember. I can't think of it right now. But uh, oh, I I know one. This is kind of it's. I don't even know. No, this is not horror. Maybe it's sci-fi because it does involve dimensional travel and time travel, but uh, once upon a time, and uh, it's you know it's it's a cute little show. I mean, you got apparently somebody has come up with the idea of taking all the Disney fairy tale type movies and making them into a show in which they all kind of inhabit. Some of them inhabit their uh, one particular realm, and some of like uh, there's another show which is going to take place in the uh, the uh, uh, um, the yeah, Wonderland universe and stuff like that, but this one, you know, this mm-hmm. one takes place with uh, it has uh, Cinderella, and Snow White, it has um, Queen of Hearts and all all of those people in it and whatnot. And apparently, this evil queen, they was in this fairy tale land that's called the Enchanted Forest, chan- transplanted them all to the real world in this little town where, despite being the most powerful person around, she's only a mayor. Mm-hmm. So go figure. So, um, but um, it, it, the show centers around, it, it hops back and forth from what happened in their old realm to what is going on in the real world. And you've got even the seven dwarves involved in it, you know, and it's, it's not hokey or anything like that. There are some plot threads in, in that, um, that you may not get, get into. But um, i tell you one thing, though. Um, it has uh, Robert Carlyle in it, who plays not only Ruffle Stillskin, but another character called Mr. Gold. And um, mm-hmm. he's great, man. I, I love Robert Carl, Carlisle. Um, then you got um, you got the, the the evil queen who um, she does a pretty good job of playing a cold-hearted bitch. But the thing about it is, is that she's not one-dimensional, so that makes mm-hmm. it really good that she's able to hop back and forth from being a stone, cold-hearted type of woman to someone who really cares about her son and really loves him and genuinely loves him, even though it's not really her son. Um, oh. I think he's Snow White son or something like that. Um, oh yeah. Um, and um, real quick, cause uh, um, she just mentioned the American Horror Story. Let me slip right into that right quick. Um, I only watched season one of Horror, American Horror Story, and I really yeah. thought it was it was it was it was different. Sometimes it's confusing. I uh, I enjoyed it. Um, but I couldn't understand, you know, why the ghosts were able to physically interact with the real world to the point where, spoiler alert, one of the ghosts gets a woman pregnant, a human mm-hmm. woman in real life. And I didn't get that part. Yeah, when she walked up with the ghost baby, and then it turned out one of them was the, the poltergeist baby, and the other one was her husband's baby. Now, it's very possible to have fraternal twins that have two different fathers. 2% of all fraternal twins in recorded history have different, or as long as DNA tests have, 
have been able to show anyway have different fathers. That's all the problem. My problem is you have one living father and one deceased father. How does that work? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not watching. I didn't. I haven't watched this since season one because the entire family died, and I'm just like I'm left completely reclumped, like bereft of any emotion. I'm like, how am I supposed to feel about this right now? Like, what's my motivation to keep watching season two and three, et cetera? Yeah, it's you know, it's it, it, it kind of. The interesting thing about this show is that it is a show that has multiple seasons, and each season is a completely different story. Uh, like season two, and I started watching season two, has some of the characters from season one playing different characters. And at first, I was confused about that, so I read up on it and understood why what, what was going on and what. And I thought that I thought it was creative. I thought it was great to have the story change because, as we see with a lot of shows. When you start off with this one idea and whatnot, you, by the time you get to season three, four, five, six, you have stretched that idea so thin. You've had to add so much stuff to keep it running that mm-hmm. part, uh, um, season six and season one are almost two completely different um, shows. Right? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, it, was, it was um, a bit I'm, extra for me. I really couldn't do it. Um, yeah. Do you have time for my very last show? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, the last show on my list is my all-time favorite. It's It was my favorite show when I was a kid, and I still I would still watch it if it took him on TV, and that's the original um, animated series, X-Men. I love it. I yeah, do not like yeah, the reboot yeah, yeah, that they yeah. did in early 2000. And I think it was early 2005 they did a reboot of the cartoon with these horrible, nasty-looking figures, and they try to do it with all the characters in high school. No, forget that. I want the 90s animated X-Men. It was incredible. It was my very first exposure to um, the comic. And because of it, I became a huge series of X-Men graphic novel series. Um, and I started, you know, reading other graphic novels like Batman, especially the Arkham Asylum, you know, Planet Hulk, stuff like that. But that was like my first glimpse into that world. I loved the X-Men series. I loved to imagine when I was younger that I had some sort of supernatural abilities. Um, the whole idea of, um, you know, humanity lasting long enough to go through such an evolution is incredible. And I really, really hope that we don't kill each other off before such a thing happens, if it does ever happen. But I, really I loved, loved the show. I loved okay. all the characters. Even the annoying ones were really, yeah. you know, were really, really amazing. I really love the social dynamic that this show introduced. Like, it's almost like mirroring kind of civil or civil rights movements, you know, with blacks and now with um, gays and everything. And almost like you, know, you had this whole group of people that people don't understand and people are afraid of. And you got a government trying to make laws against those people because they are afraid of. Them. You know, I really like that because uh, in the movies, the dynamic they tried to play with uh, with uh, Magneto and Professor X was Magneto was kind of the Malcolm X character, whereas Professor X was more uh, Martin Luther King. Two people with the same goal but have different ways of achieving the goal and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like I really like that because that's an extra layer of story that is most most – Shows don't think about doing that. Either you're a mm-hmm. 
you just got to be black and white, either good or bad. But I like the, I love it when even villainous characters have an extra layer of, yeah, I kind of get where this guy's coming from. I understand what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I think so, that's all we have time for. And it's, we we talked about so many true. really great jokes right now. I mean, I kind of cheated. Well, I mean, I really did cheat bringing a bush phone, <laughs> but I had to <laughs> give that little give that little literary dog some kudos. And um, I'm surprised you didn't mention Lost, though. I really did. Lost, Lost tried my entire life, Mario. After all the devotion, like all the emotional energy that I expelled on that show, to be told that it was all a dream, are you serious? Really? Like I feel. I feel like the plot was just so convoluted, and the writers had dropped the ball, and they didn't know what to do anymore. So, like, let's just throw them this biscuit. Let's just tell them it was a dream. They told me by that. I was pissed. Every fan of Lost was pissed, with good reason. I feel cheated. I feel deceived. And I'm still mad about how that show ended. Damn. That's it. I was so bad at loss. Everybody who had a loss, the show was, was well written up to a point. Very well cast, great dialogue, great acting. Then they throw us this bullshit. Are you serious? Like, after I was very thick and thin, it's like finding out that the person you married is like an imposter. That's not their real name, that's not their real life, that's not even their real age. You are in love with a fantasy. That's how I felt about love. Well, I'll be damned. They lost okay. me at that damn ending. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, let's tighten, tighten it on up then. Um, I'm just get this out of the way right quick. Um, um, catch, check out the, the other BFT family shows. Kim's show is normally um, um, Sundays at 1 o'clock. I also look for Vita Star, and who's uh, normally um, M normally guest stars on her on her show. That's normally on yeah, Thursday Vita evening. Star is called On Blast. It was on this on Thursday and on yesterday, and it will be on again in two weeks at 10 p.m. Eastern stand, Standard Time. Um, and then there is Miss Brooks show. Which come, when does Miss Brooks show come on? Or NC Brooks uh, show come on? I, I think it's a Wednesday, but uh, it's the break. Okay. So yeah. So and then you got yeah, Raina's RSS, RSS, you got Raina's RSS feed, whatnot. Several shows, uh, several shows for your uh, BFT listening enjoy, enjoyment. Um, next show. Mario and I have um, absolutely M- no clue what our next show is going to be about. Did we no, have confirmation no, no, no. yet? No, we don't know what it's going to no, be no. about. But we will be back in two weeks, um, two Fridays from now, discussing something else at six yeah. p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Enjoy yourselves, yep. enjoy your weekend, and happy Halloween, everyone. Right. All right. Yeah, you be safe and enjoy yourself. Get your horror and your ghoulish good time on. And, yeah, get some sex. You can use some of that, you know. I'm going to buy me a six pack of sex now. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All righty. And we are out. Peace. Bye.
Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by space in the lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310 So say we all. 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 So say we all.